So welcome to another episode of Rebel City Podcast. Um, this week's episode we're in the surroundings of Royston, Royston Youth, Youth Action. Action. Welcome guys, how's it going? Yeah, good, thank, thank you. Good, good to have you. Having us on? Yeah, Not at I'm all. Um, I'm for just up the road, um, as we've covered on other podcasts with, with other guests for the East End. Um, you know, we've been speaking to you for a while about, you know, getting in and, and why, and um, I'm glad to be in today. I've just finished up with um, the boys' health group and having a wee bit of blather with them, and thankfully some of them have actually hung about. We'll wait and see how long that lasts. <laughs> um, but for those of you who only me, um, I don't know if he's my wife, just gives a wee bit about, you know, who he's are and what he's are up to, just in general terms. Yeah, sure. So I'll start. Don't actually know where to look here. <laughs> um, my name's Sharon Kelly and I'm the project coordinator of Royston Youth Action. I've been doing youth work for about 20 years now and I've been running this project for the last couple of years. Hey, I'm Richard Sherlock. I'm the senior youth worker here. Uh, I've been uh, doing youth work for about 10 years. Right. Um, yeah, I began, I began and it was, I was specialising in outdoor education mm-hmm. and uh, got promoted and it's a lot more office work now. Oh, right. But I still love my job. Aye. Still prefer it in a canoe or climbing Aye. a hill though than uh, being by an yeah, office. Aye. Any, you know, any time to get to the office, I'm in. Yeah. No, I'm an office guy. <laughs> and, uh, I'm Mark Nikoski. I'm a youth worker here at Royce Smith Action. Uh, I've been here for four years. I came in a university placement in 2015 and I've been here ever since. Right. Um, so I help out in a number of different projects. And yeah, I love what I do. You might have just took the award of best beard on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> I never even thought of that. Like, it's been a while since you've had beard envy. I, 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 like, like, I was thinking about creating like a, a Mortal Kombat, but like beard versus beard. Like different types of beard to <laughs> fight each other. All that would happen is the two you get your faces tangled up and you'd be left here to watch it. <laughs> so this year is... Um, a big year for Royston Youth Action. Um, I believe it's your 30th anniversary. Um, I was saying to the boys in the, in the youth group that um, I actually lived here. I lived in uh, 145 Royston Road up until 1989, so I think I probably just missed you's uh, as you's kicked off, which is, you know, I regret I'll just need to live with. Um, but it's a different time for then to know. Um, I mean, can you tell us a wee bit about the history of Royston Youth Action at all? Yeah, so it was originally set up by a group of local mums who wanted basically to provide somewhere safe and something for their children to mm-hmm. get involved in. Didn't want them hanging about the streets, didn't want them get involved in gangs and violence. So they set up Royce and Youth Action and it's had many great workers and project mm-hmm. coordinators before our time um, who have made it thrive basically and it's evolved and progressed over mm-hmm. the years. We moved into this building. We also used to do work out of one of the other um, community centres in the community. It's now been bought over by one of the housing providers. And right. They've turned it into a community hub. So here's our main base and we've just gradually grown, got more staff throughout the years, mm-hmm. deliver more activities, clubs. Um, so yeah, that's how it started and long may we have another 30 years. Aye. Is, it, is it like a community centre? Basically, a lot of community centres that we used to have when I was like away, because used to every scheme had its own sort of wee community centre that had like a red ash football pitch attached to it. But <laughs> they seem to be gone yeah. pretty much. But is that what you are doing? Is it like pool tables and 
day trips to like Butlins and stuff like that. That was the type of stuff that I had when I was wee. Yeah, I think it's more, mm-hmm. we're definitely more specialised in a sense. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, focused on um, young people, children. We do it in a generational stuff as well, but it's, you know, if you look at it as a community centre, more, um, you know, more breadth, um, mm-hmm. broad with the, the amount of stuff that we do. So I'd say that uh, we are quite uh, specialised in that sense. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, as we do, we, we spin a few plates, you know, definitely. Um, but yeah, there's more, more of a focus on children and young people mm-hmm. um, activities. Um, yeah, not even just for the community, we out with, you know, right. building on Erasmus Plus programmes and stuff like mm-hmm. that, taking young people to different countries. Okay. So I've seen that recently, actually, and I think um, one of the lads we were talking to earlier on was uh, in Austria, I think. But I think you also had a class of people in, was it Estonia when we were talking? Yep. So myself and Mark took 10, 10 young people to a place called Luhula, right. which is a, a small town in Estonia. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 40 young people in total, so it was 10 from Royston, 10 from Portugal, 10 from Finland and 10 from Estonia, Estonia itself, Right. surprisingly enough. Um, so yeah, we were there for seven days, lots of different activities, different learning, um, the theme was on youth of today, so, okay. so it was all about the electronic engagement that mm-hmm. people have and yeah it was, it was amazing it's, it's again that's something that is a bit alien to me I mean I don't consider myself old but at the same time I never I was never conscious of the opportunity within my community growing up to go and explore you know the world and meet new people and have these types of experiences so I think it's a great thing like logistically I think we kind of touched on it when, when we were talking off mic a few weeks ago like something like that is logistically going to be a, a pretty tough get um, given that you they have other responsibilities to provide services and activities on a sort of day to day basis, like what kind of challenges do you face taking, you know, ten fifteen kids abroad at any one time? Yeah, our biggest challenge <laughs> has probably been taking twenty three. Right. Okay. To Finland in February when it was minus twenty five. Oof. Um. So yeah, I would say that's the biggest challenge. But out of that, I've came the most mind-blowing memories amazing mm-hmm. your kids will speak about for years to come we're lucky in that we get erasmus plus funding so whether that's us applying for it to host a youth exchange here mm-hmm. or for other countries apply for it and then invite us to join them so mm-hmm. it doesn't just happen like we say we decide we want to go to yeah. Estonia or something the other organizations in these countries actually have to connect with us invite us You've got to show that you are part of the Erasmus Plus mm-hmm. scheme, that you can, you know, complete all the forms, you can work to all the targets and yeah. outcomes. Um, so there's a lot of pre-work in it as well. Workshops we generally do for about four or five months beforehand. Right. You've got to prepare intercultural shows. Mm-hmm. For Finland, we had to fundraise ourselves probably about £7,000 um, wow. because we needed to kit everybody out for going. So we spent £200 per jacket on all of the young people's so that every single mm-hmm. young person had all the same jackets mm-hmm. for going. We bought thermals, we had to buy passports for young people. Right. Um boots. we yeah, boots, hiking boots, um So I mean these are like these are covering and providing almost everything yeah. as well as organising it. Yeah, you get a certain amount of money for the, the travelling um which we fundraised fundraised over what we were kinda of given because mm-hmm. it took us seventeen hours to get to Finland. I was wow. leaving Royston, then we were a stopover in London Heathrow, flew to Helsinki and then we had to fly to Parma and then we were a two hour bus journey. 
Um, so wow. you've got to also take into consideration that the young people are going to be in these places. They need to be fed. They need to be watered. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, it's not just a case of saying, oh, we've got all this money, let's take them. There's other yeah. expenditure. Ah, you're not just, you know, taking your picture of the pint at Glasgow Airport and jumping yeah. on a plane. You know I, mean, I mean, we're not saying that, you know, the young people don't have their own spending money and can't afford it or anything uh-huh. like that. You know, we, we're not saying that about any of them at all because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them can. But some might not be able to. Mm-hmm. So for that pure and simple reason, we treat everybody exactly the same. Right. So nobody gets to, you know, be told, oh, they can't have this or they can't go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, like a school trip, but it's maybe £600 or mm-hmm. something. They don't pay a penny to go abroad. Um, That's but incredible. they fundraise. So there's a really, we instill the work ethic in them. So they are climbing mountains. They are doing, we did a 24 hour spower and cycle. cycling here. You know, they're doing bake sales, they're doing car washes, they're doing mm. everything. So yes. they work for it. Yeah. But they appreciate it a lot more then rather than mm. maybe, Absolutely. you know, a parent or a guardian paying for their trip for them, mm-hmm. which is great as well. But of course. it's very much that we go as a family and we work as a family and we're all. Mm-hmm. It teaches together. important life skills as well that, yeah. you know, I think coming for where I come from, which is, you know, at one point in my life here, um, you know, I, I went as far as High Kill and Rudry, you know what I mean? I, they weren't exactly exotic destinations, but like, coming from that background, like, you don't want stuff handed to you, you want to feel like you've contributed, that you've earned, and that's part of who we are And you know, these standing and working class families, and I think that's an important lesson as well when, if you're taking kids abroad to be like, you know, this is here for you, but, you know, we're going to help you and show you how to earn it. Like, I think that's a brilliant lesson. Yeah, it's not been part of the Erasmus stuff is massive for the organisation. It's massive for the young people, mm-hmm. the development through the intercultural learning. And, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the, the kind of the ethos behind it is young people. So what is Erasmus? Themselves. Erasmus uh, is a famous European, but uh, the Erasmus network in itself mm-hmm. uh, is uh, all the different countries and then all everybody hooking up in a large network for everybody to, uh, you know, for development. But the big deal is, Although they pay for your your airfares and the you know mm-hmm. certain amount of stuff gets paid for, the big thing in Erasmus is uh, you know it's extra work for staff, it's extra work for you know everybody that's putting that into it. It's all about development, it's about organisational development. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's massive in that way. Yeah. You know? And uh, when you think of uh, you know, like you were saying. No travelling, I was the same when I was younger, mm-hmm. so no travelling any further than here or there. You know, you're, 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 you're I was going to say, I think the fullest I went was packing bags in Asda. Yeah, <laughs> <totally>. <laughs> and then you're suddenly finding yourself, uh, you know, away into different countries, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. your comfort zone, thinking about, you know, communicating and, uh, you know, but generally it's finding themselves in there, you know, the mm-hmm. travel is, uh, is an outward travel, but this inward travel for young people on these programmes is massive, you know, and yeah. they come through, they're, you know, come off the plane at the other side, they're different people, you know, and that, that lasts for a long time, and mm-hmm. suddenly uh, that magic's not seen for uh, for years to come as well, you know, so it's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Must have been amazing going to, was it Helsinki these went to? No, no. It, was, it was even further than that, we flew into Helsinki and then made another internal flight to Kupio, and then made another two-hour uh, bus drive, Right. to Metsikartano, which was a kind of outdoor centre basically in the middle of nowhere. It was actually probably near the Russian border, right. um, which wow. is why it was so mm-hmm. cold as well and snow was about four feet deep and you were walking across the frozen lake in the morning and your eyelashes actually had icicles. Mm-hmm. Wow. I went, I went to Finland um, when I was 
14 with my dad because my dad had a bad heart and they got like a computing course through John Wheatley College and they sent him over to the Nokia factory as part of like, wow. I don't know whatever my mum and dad paid for it but I can remember thinking how clean the place was and then also thinking back about Glasgow and coming back and see for then I've always had a thing about putting litter in the bin because when I went there I was just like this place is why is it not like Glasgow my dad's like because they've got respect for their community like, yeah. it's like kids in the corner who were walking past them they were putting their head down as you walk past and I was just uh, staying at Park mm. where you walk past they'd be like where are you Faye like what you looked at but we'd <laughs> went to that it was so different I was yeah. like and I came back it's like what you were saying I came back a different like teenager yeah. Absolutely, it was just like had opened my mind to a different way of life rather than it being just finishing whatever and just chucking it in the grun like was the habit. I remember being like, I need to put water in the bin here because I want it to be like it was earlier. It was like a different world, like a completely different world. It's one of the, the best moments for me in Finland. Um, Shan says we had to take them across a frozen lake mm-hmm. to one of the, the areas of accommodation. And um, as we walked across, it was pitch black, had the torches on, Richard was leading. I was kind of in the middle, Connor was at the back, and we stopped, and we asked them to turn their torches off, and we stood, there was zero light, light pollution. pollution. Artificial and light. There was no clouds, and when your eyes adjusted, it was the, you could see every constellation, yeah. you could see shooting stars, you could see explosions of gas in the sky, mm-hmm. and it, was, it was just, and we stood, felt like maybe 10 minutes, but it had been 20, 25, and mm-hmm. then the cold starts setting in, it's like we need to go. And then um, one of the young people was like, "Gosh, that's a different sky for the one we've got." Yeah. It's like it's not it's the exact same sky. It's just because there's no light. Pollution. Yeah. And uh, I can remember on the way back, it's like, "Yeah, man, I want to go and see skies in different countries." Now it's like I know it's all the same, but that's I just cool. want to see a different the sky. differences. And it was just that wee thing, and it really touched me. It was like, man, that, the smallest thing can just make the biggest impact. That is that that is quite a quite a touching one because such a simple idea, yeah. that, you know. It would never in a million years have occurred to me. <laughs> um, Everybody, everybody's like, oh, no, noises and stuff. I don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I, you can walk in front of the camera as well. It's all good. It's funny to watch them duck underneath it though. <laughs> like, we take our young people away in a lot of residentials. Uh, mm-hmm. We take them to Scotland, obviously, as well. Going abroad is obviously amazing. And it's Exciting. amazing for us yeah. as well. But, um, you know, we take them to youth hostels. Mm-hmm. We take them to outdoor centres. Um, there's one that we go to a lot in the summers as well. And that is where a lot of your great work happens because you're with them 24 hours a mm-hmm. day. You know, you're stand-in parent for the week. Yep. They speak to you. Um, so, yeah, that is, it's a good... I remember that from my days. Time. I did a bit of um, orienteering because I don't know why, but I did. And like, we used to go to like, walk fast clay and all these types of things. And they're like, again, maybe no, you know, a 14 hour flight to somewhere or other, but I think in my youth growing up, those were the ones that I remember the fondest. I still have that moment where if we're traveling up and past, I, I see, you know, fastly, like fastly on the, the road signs. I'm always like, can we stop? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I think they have as much an impact for the day. Like, so obviously as well as, trips and and you know the, you know the residential stuff you're talking about like i think these are quite successful in the the sort of sports area i think i did see he's tweeting last week about a sports event he said where there was like 90 odd yeah, kids showed up or something in partnership um, with the local active schools coordinator mm-hmm. um, a sports club we've been doing that for a good few years now um, <coughs> and it's for the primary age children every wednesday just along at the school and yeah the, since we started back in the summer there's been about 75 80 that's children amazing. attend and then we have at night 
as a, Richard had said, we run a full children's programme as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of people maybe just think that we work with young people, but yeah. we actually deliver um, exactly the same amount of children's work mm-hmm. as well. So for holiday summer programme, we ran four days a week, full summer holidays. And at the most, I think there was about 55 children um, attending every day. And we give them breakfast, we give them lunch, we give them snacks. Every Thursday's a trip. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, basically... If they're not maybe going away on holiday for the summer or anything like that, depending on different family circumstances, then at least they're getting five trips to yeah. head at air, flip out, things like that. So when mm-hmm. they go back to school, they've had a brilliant, fun summer. Absolutely. Um, we have after-school clubs. We have homework clubs for the children as well. We've got important ones, I think, the after-school. I don't... Yeah. Again, that's one that, <clears throat> as I've seen my daughter go through school in like, primary and high school, the homework clubs and that type of thing, I'm like, do you know, that's something I wish I'd had. At the time, you know what I mean? Especially if maybe you're struggling with whatever academically or, you know, personally, having that extra time and space to concentrate on whatever it is you need to concentrate on is absolutely massive, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's not just about the kids that come and chat the door and want to come in and and take part here. Like, you are taking it out to the local schools and and beyond Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What kind of response do you get for the kids? Because I think, like, especially nowadays, it's all just... People just think young people are just all about Instagram and Facebook and PlayStation and that's the life. Well, you're talking about like bake sales and stuff that would be like, I think, kind of surprising that kids are getting involved in. So you get like a real positive reaction for the kids or do you need to like kind of drag it out of them at the first? Or? Mm. I think that's a mixture. That's a mixture. I think uh, the youth work building up relationships with young people. Um, some young people can take a bit of time. You know, it's young people who are we're in a different world from when they started, you know, way mm-hmm. back uh, years ago, you know, and, uh, you know, no communications. But I think uh, when you, you know, uh, the beauty of youth work is, uh, you know, adapting, you know, in a person-centred approach rather than treating everybody the same, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, what works best, what doesn't work, you know, and then adapting something to, uh, to suit uh, people's needs to get the, the best out of them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so there'll be, I mean, they're, they're living in, Young people are living in a time where it's the biggest growth in technology, you know, and yeah. it's just, everything's taking their mind off you, you know, and you kind of think because there's that many advertisements yeah. on phones, there's computer games, and, and why is people not concentrating? It's because they're like this. Sort of I will not let them. You know, right. and it's like, yeah, but I think uh, we're creating the spaces for them to go and think for themselves, mm-hmm. and chance and taking away, you know, where beautiful, one of the beautifulest countries in the world here, mm-hmm. we take them up north, we take them, you know, and they're the, the, the DV experts, but they can sit, you know, and uh, sit at a campfire and we're away camping and stuff like that, you know, and kind of all through the flat and talk mm-hmm. and get to know each other and uh, get away from that sort of stuff as well. Mm-hmm. I think so. something that you said there was really sort of like being person-centred, like I think that schools really fail being that sort of like it's there is a like one size fits all thing approach that happens when you get getting kids through the school system go to university get your degree student loan go in freshers week it's all really sort of cookie cutter and I think that these types of things if you like really try to like build relationships it will only be something that they get a lot of do you know what I mean that it really must be like really rewarding for these like for you guys normally just to see them grow but like the, what you get for it. We work with all different people but I think the thing is that we do say it all the time we're a family and the young people know that so we can tell you their names we can tell you their family backgrounds because mm-hmm. they've told us things like that and 
it doesn't matter if it's the young person that's went away to uni or if it's the young person that we're going to visit in jail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. They're all our young people. Yep. They're all deserving. They're all worthy of, you know, having a good adult in their life. Yep. So even if they've already got one, then they need another one. Yep. And that's where we step in. Never have too many. As well. Yeah. And, you know, when we spoke before about the social media and the phones and things, we use social media for positives. It's great. You know, that's how yeah. we've mm-hmm. been gifted so many things from people, so many donations, how we get our word out. But when they come in here, a lot of the time the phones are put down because yep. they just want to actually sit. You know, we are quite old school. They'll sit and play cards and board games and stuff <laughs> some nights. You know? I get no signal. I actually did wonder earlier when I was yeah. like, I wonder if this is a deliberate ploy of the, of the no. like, phone block no, or everybody. No, I find everything up the stairs. I would have. No, um, you know, or they'll be chatting away to us and stuff like that, telling us how it's been, you know, or we're doing workshops and things like that. And it's like, right, phone's down, please. You know, when we're doing after school club, they're sitting eating their snack. Mm-hmm. It's phones away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they're all right with that. They know mm-hmm. the rules about that and stuff. They would actually rather engage yeah. with mm-hmm. you because, you know, they like to talk. <laughs> so you were saying earlier about the pool tables and stuff. You've got pool tables, you've got table tennis tables. But that's all we can work and speak to them yeah mm-hmm. we're playing pool yeah we are playing pool but that's where you're, you're getting to know them it's, and it's, yeah. aye, it's, uh, it's also a tool yeah. aye, it's not just and a pool table enjoy it. a lot of them come in and just want to play pool that's fine they'll happily play pool it's a them. lot easier to maybe admit that you're getting bullied at school and you've had a shit day yeah. over a pool table because there's that kind of barrier mm-hmm. in yeah. between you and the worker rather than you sit and having to face them mm-hmm. and they're like how are you how is school you know because aye. they're still defensive they don't want to say so yeah. I, it, it does annoy me when a lot of people think that youth workers, literally that's all they do. They play pool, they play table tennis, and we're not professional. Yeah. And, you know, we are. A lot, nearly all of our staff are qualified yeah. to degree level. Um, we have ones with honours degrees. We have a couple that started master's degrees. Yep. We're continuously ongoing training, trained up in, you know, mental health, mm-hmm. everything, child protection. Yep. And... You know, we work extremely well with everybody. We give information to everybody. We always look out. And sometimes we're the key person in that young person's life. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'll maybe attend social work meetings in the past and we'll be the only person that's attended them that's given the positive impact on that young person's life every day. I'll shine the tables, speaking about that young person, <coughs> taking all their decisions away from them and saying, well, what's bad? Mm-hmm. You know, but the youth worker's only maybe the one person that's actually seen them lots and it is actually connecting yep. with them. So, see if one good thing comes out of this podcast and having to watch my face and see my, hear my horrendous voice, it'll be that people think of youth workers as professionals now. Because I think it this really is a, annoys me. This is a mistake that I, I, I'm going to enlighten that, hold my hands up and say I was guilty of because yeah. I've been a big fan of, obviously, what he's day, you know, having lived up here a number of years now, um, always kind of forged on social media. Um, and whatnot, and, and we're talking even tonight about maybe what services I can help, you know, family members make use of and stuff like that, because I think he's a brilliant. But, like, i seen the tweets go out about the adverts for the positions, and I was pure, I love these guys. Like, I would love a job down the road where, you know, I can go and get out of work with these guys, get out of their work. But then I never, for a second, considered qualifications or any of these types of things. And when I read it, I was, of course these guys are degree educated of course but that first reaction was pure oh Royston you're factional advertising that I would probably quite like that and then being like pure I'm massively underqualified for this like I almost insulted myself by like bringing it up and reading it you know what I mean so I think without being malicious it maybe is something that people are maybe a bit reluctant to acknowledge I it um, when I come back to anywhere how was your holiday 
Finland, there was five youth workers, 23 young people, but we're parent, brother, guardian, confidant, we're everything yeah. for the week. Even if you're in Ockingillan for a week, mm-hmm. you still, you're there 24 hours a day. Oh, your pictures look brilliant. You were away swimming in the sea. It's like about supervising yeah. 10, 5, no, and not just the young people for Royston, but mm-hmm. you're also aware of the, the, the other young people mm-hmm. that are there. If they're over here for, for a youth exchange or, you know, whenever mm-hmm. we go out, we, we, we look after the young people for Royston, but we've also got a duty care to every young of person course. that's there. And it's like, a ah, holiday, are you Try getting up at four in the morning to tell kids to get to their beds and up at six to go on a ten mile hike and that's the end. <laughs> it's like, it was a great holiday. Sleep for a week. So I mean, you know, if somebody was looking at, you know, or listens to the podcast or you know, is making use of services like yours and and wants to get involved, where where do they start with that? Like, as in terms of like education, is it about volunteering and building up? Is, is it is it you know, does the path differ depending yeah, on what you're yeah. after? Most most people don't decide they want to be a youth worker. Right. <laughs> you, you fall into it, don't you? It's you, you volunteer. It's a calling, mm-hmm. you know, it's like uh, I left school as a joiner. Right. And uh, it's funny because I think back to when I went to my youth club and, you know, the army cadets. And the army is the furthest thing from my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, more of a peaceful person, you know, and yep. trying to find ways of doing stuff, you know, with, with, uh, with pain and suffering. But I remember being facilitating or being part of the Duke Edinburgh Award when I was right. a young person and then I was introduced to go hiking and stuff like that and then for me always this is always a, a wee uh, story that I always tell the young people I'm talking about the Duke Edinburgh and I'm trying to promote it and stuff like that you know and, um, and I always say that I was introduced to the Highlands and for the Highlands I seen the Munros for the top of the Munros I was like well there's Highlands you know and I was away and I was travelling the world kept and going. backpack and and then funny enough, all these years later, I then was rolling at the Duke Edinburgh Award, you know, mm-hmm. and was, I think, like Sean's saying, it's, you know, you don't, like, one day I'm going to be a youth worker, it's not, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we talk about a profession, it's more than a profession, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're doing it because, we're knowing it for the long hours and we're knowing it for the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? we're, we're in it, you know. Use journalists and podcasters. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> that, you know, and facilitate a, 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 a a space for development, a fun, happy space for somebody to find themselves, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I think there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. And I think, Definitely. Uh, you know, there's, there's um, you know, young people growing up, you know, there's a whole host of different things and mm-hmm. issues that can be coming to the surface, mm-hmm. you know. Of and course. So. To be there and be that bridge and walk that journey with a young person, there's a lot in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you see quite a lot of stuff. And I think... Um, yeah, that's the, to be in that, you know, in that job, then it's something, you're in it with the heart. You know, it's just called you, it's, it's vocational rather than professional. Yeah, totally, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you're there because, uh, yeah, there's, there's something, yeah, uh, I make a difference. And totally, I like no, a there, difference. There, there is obviously lots of other people being other young people's lives, but, you know, I don't know any other profession that is working with such wide, varied, diverse, and, yeah. you know, you could be working with young people that have self-harmed, you could be working with young people that have been sexually abused, mm-hmm. you could be working with young people that have maybe got autism, maybe ADHD, young people that are struggling at school, ones that maybe live with carers, or ones that are doing amazingly well, mm-hmm. um, other ones that have got no confidence, you know, like, we literally work with that much and more, mm-hmm. and help them. That's, That's how well-trained, you know, and how 
diversion you yeah, could Yeah, exactly. You know, so an almost yeah. scary thought to me, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. I think that when we, as we've talked in previous episodes with all our guests about mental health issues, about issues with addiction and, you know, the various things that, you know, you've touched on there, like, dealing with one of those things is oftentimes impossible for most people. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they struggle to deal with an addiction or a poor mental health or poor physical health on its own, but yous are there and yous are potentially in a situation where you have to deal with all of those things on an ongoing basis and, like, I. Like hats off to you because I, I don't think I don't know that I'd be strong enough for it. Yeah. You know That's why I mean? you need a, a good well, staff are continuously training. You know, mm-hmm. we're you constantly train. away on mm-hmm. training courses. Mm-hmm. You know, we're constantly learning, speaking to other community organisations, speaking to other youth workers, sharing mm-hmm. good practice. And if we don't know the answer right there and then, we'll go and find it and we'll not stop. You know, we don't finish at four o'clock on a Friday and then that's it. Yeah. You know, if we're having to work till midnight on a Friday night or you know something's happened on a Sunday, we'll come in. You know, no matter what's happened, if our young people need us, then we're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had cases in the past where young people out there, you know, young boy threatened to kill himself and stuff like that. So we waited until mm-hmm. the early hours in the morning until that was sorted and solved. If it's other young people that have ran away from care homes and stuff, you know, so we've been out and about looking for them and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we do not switch off. You know, we're not paid to a certain time. If we yeah. need to be there, if that young person needs us, we will be there. Mm-hmm. We will sort out and do absolutely anything we can for them. Mm-hmm. You know, we provide That's... everything. Like we provide toiletries and stuff in here. We provide sanitary products. We provide clothes. You know, and this we is the thing. Like, to do that. We we live in a, an environment and you know a country at the moment that is is obviously going through you know a fair amount of turmoil. And over the course of the last five ten years. Things like austerity and you know the the the, the pressure that's been put on services uh, like the national health service and schools and so on and so forth. Like, does does some of that pressure now fall on, on you? Because it sounds to me as though that you's more than one occasion you'll be dealing with stuff that I would have maybe originally thought that's the job of a social worker or that's mm-hmm. the job of whatever it is. Whereas it looks to me as though for what you're saying that a lot of these things can happen here. Is that are you? Do you feel like you're bearing the weight of these yeah, stresses on other us. services? Us. Third sectors in general have been left to pick up. So yeah. everyone's getting less funding. Third sectors are getting less funding, but the problems are becoming more and more apparent. Mm-hmm. There's nobody there to deal with them, and we will not say no to anything, and neither will anybody else in the third sector. You know, So, yeah, the problems are getting bigger, longer, more. We pick it up because we can't not pick it up. Because to me, it feels like... It who does. Uh, to me, that feels like a system that is... Almost to an extent, taking advantage of your goodwill. Yeah, I mean, we've spoke to loads of people where, come when you get to near the end of the podcast, you're kind of like thinking to yourself, "You shouldn't need to do that." Mm-hmm. I don't feel like you should. I think that there should be something in place. Like you should be doing, like have the freedom to do other things here. Do you know what I mean? Like to keep them occupied rather than having to deal with the things that social workers are, are psych, whatever it might be. Yeah. Like we should be doing. I mean, it's no. That's not saying you are definitely doing a great job, Aye. but it's just that sort of, you know what I mean? You're just thinking, yeah. it's a shame. Just cut the services. Uh-huh, and it's a shame for them as well in. because they're so under pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, teachers are under pressure, social workers are under pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's not at crisis point, yeah. then, yeah. you know, whereas we do a lot of preventative work and step in work. I remember last week just reading, um, do, I do a lot of child protection work and that's an area I kind of specialise in and really interesting in. Okay. And they actually did a review of all of the serious case reviews mm-hmm. of child protection cases, which is either 
you know, where a, a child has died and where it's, they've been murdered or they've died a sudden death mm-hmm. and look into that. And one of the paragraphs was basically saying that the reason a lot of these cases, instances have happened to children died is because they've not all linked up together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, social work, police, teachers, and every day, there's all got these small pieces yeah. of the jigsaw. Nobody's linked them up, but they never invited third sector in a lot of the time. And a couple of statements were actually made basically saying that people didn't deem the third sector as professional enough to share child protection issues with them. Um, so what is what we're kind of, you know, sort of fighting for and stuff as well and trying to become more involved in being the people that are hoping to notice. Yeah, it's pretty disrespectful things. given the slack that you pick up. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Definitely, I think uh, when you're there and you're, uh, you're building relationships and you're getting to know a lot more, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and working, you know, it's not even just a... This is what our job is. This is A, B, and C. This is what I need to do. Yeah. You know, it's no, it's not like that. It's uh, if you're if you're in it, especially that relationship side of things can uh, can sort out an abundance of things. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. You know, demon. You know, people in the, the fraud sector, the charity organisations, with youth workers, and people mm-hmm. within that unprofessional when you actually get a lot more tasks to yeah you know, yeah things to be thinking about you know I think if anything you should be considered experts in the field that's the thing about youth work you know that's uh it's more than a profession because you're in under the surface and it's no you know, chance speaking about uh, you know having the um you know the academic background you know mm-hmm. so you can think of the theory to think what's the possibilities in yep. the situation here it could be this, 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 and this, and this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think uh, it's a lot more mm-hmm. problem solving, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and thinking under the surface rather than saying, right, okay, that's it. Yeah. That's that case. Yeah. Move that to the side, and it's mm-hmm. like people, you know. I'm glad that there's proactive work getting yeah. done because I think if you say that schools and social work or whatever it is are becoming a bit more like triage, where they'll only deal with people in, at the point of crisis, like. Mm-hmm. It has to be more important than ever that some sort of preventative work somewhere Absolutely. is happening. We, we were you know talking what I mean? to James for AC Scotland. Yep. And I, I, I'd actually touched on this because I've got a mental health qualification and one of the women that was in uh, my diploma class, she was doing work with ACs and she gave me this leaflet for it and I read it and I could not believe it. I was like, right, so <laughs> what, what I remember you coming to me the week after and being like, you're... Mate, like we've got like eight of these, we need I, to get this guy every on. Every single you know person I, mean? I knew had at least two. And yeah. I was like, I can't believe how important these this is and I, I don't know why I'd never put it together in my mind you know to think that these things can really if this happens in the form of years it will just impact somebody potentially for the rest of their life unless work is done unless work is done yep. it blew my mind and the other thing that came back to the relationships was when I was doing uh, my CBT course I spoke to my girlfriend and I read a paragraph that was basically it was theory it was basically saying that all that people need is to be listened to yeah and somebody to actually just sit and listen to them and nobody try, try to respond or like a social worker will have an agenda, a police officer will have an agenda, like a doctor's got an agenda when you go in and speak to a GP and say, I'm not feeling great. I mean, there you go. That's They, they don't they don't want to talk to you. And if you communicate with people and, and you just build that relationship that you're talking about, it's so important to people. Yeah. And not even just kids, that's like, even everybody, yeah. everybody needs that. Do you know somebody what I mean? speak to it, so that's the thing, it's... Richard and Charlotte both says is the relationship is fundamental mm-hmm. and a relationship doesn't happen like that it takes time to build and there needs to be that trust element as well before a young person might open up to yep. you and it's whatever they say to you the most important thing is listening 
you know, there's been some evenings where I've very rarely spoke. So a young person's just spoke to me and yeah. answered questions and connected with them. Mm -hmm. But it was just somebody for them to actually speak to, talk to, yeah. have a conversation with, mm -hmm. rather than us just telling them and speaking to them and them listening, they get the chance to actually speak. So that way it does that you can see a relief, a, a release almost. And, and the fact that oh, somebody's actually an adult's listening to me. Yes. Yeah. So it's not just one of my mates or somebody I go to school with, it's an adult. Give me the time of day there. This is um, kind of. A person. Yep. And like just acknowledging that, right. that you know, kids have got opinions as well. Like they're non valid because of a certain age range. You know what I mean? Like that's something that always bothered me as a kid was that I always felt. Adults were reluctant to listen, you know what I mean? Like, and I think um, when we initially met up weeks ago, a chat with us had kind of raised like recent sort of things in the media way, the the, the extinction rebellion, Lassie, uh, Greta, and the uh, kids over in America with the, the gun control debates. And like, these were two sets of like really articulate young people who made entirely valid arguments learned the law, learned the political process, went out and fought and actually, you know, had a level of success. But like the backlash against them purely because they were kids with opinions was something that was absolutely ridiculous to me because I don't, again, through, you know, my own family life, I want the kids to know that they're part of the conversation. You know what I mean? And I think that's why it's important for us to come in tonight because we've talked to the men of Glasgow, the women of Glasgow, the addicts and bands and blah, 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 but like, I don't think we've really spent a lot of time talking to like the kids at Glasgow and, you know, some of the subjects that we're in about are subjects that will ultimately affect them in their lives as well. And like, I think we need to make more time in general to actually future. like listen to the opinions of the kids, you know what I mean? Like, I think. And, and the people that have been slating those campaigners are adults. Yeah. You know, it's, and delights of the girl, Jessie um, from Luck Mix that did her documentary, mm -hmm. obviously the aired and it's actually sort of, a huge outpouring of love and support for her, which was amazing and yeah. stuff as well. But you know, at the time she was young as well mm -hmm. and was getting a horrendous amount of abuse from adults. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I think we're doing a lot of work around that with young people just now as well. And we're hoping to sort of flip a generation that don't think that this mm -hmm. is, you know, the right way to be, to behave, to act, you know, to speak to other people. We started up a project um a year and a half ago called Twelve Months, Twelve Acts of Kindness. Yeah. And our young people um, set up their own me group and they decided because we did some volunteering at the local food bank and stuff right you know what had an idea we're going to make this an actual proper project so for one month every year we pick a charity the young people decide what one something yep. goes to the hearts and we volunteer and do that so last year we were away out helping the homeless we were out in the streets doing walkabouts mm -hmm. we've helped food banks we've helped made up refugee packs we've done kilt walks We've did bucket collections, we've made up baby gifts for Bernardo's. So that was a group of young people and the children get involved every single month last year. We helped a different charity and we're a small charity ourselves. Yeah. Some mm -hmm. of these young people's parents might be going to the food bank, mm -hmm. but they're still out helping the food bank, you know. And this year we did it again and we recruited another couple of youth projects. And the aim is to basically each year keep recruiting <coughs> another two, keep recruiting another two and, and basically start a kindness movement with young people throughout Glasgow brought us a lot of publicity in a good way because a lot of people have said god that's absolutely amazing mm -hmm. like yeah, you've got young people so well. that are doing all these acts of kindness they've then and this is coming for them too community, yeah. but it's totally coming from them you know they're giving up nine o'clock on a saturday morning when it's their first day off school three o'clock chris's morning yeah um, chris's house walkie hope yeah. yeah myself and connor um took 15 young people 
we stayed in the youth day the night before. Yeah. This was that way the Winnie sleep in. Of course. The GAM, we drove them over, done the walkie hope. Yep. Um, Familiar with that one. Posters and banners and you know, twelve months, twelve was actually kindness. And uh, yeah, it was it was amazing to see. And they didn't get me wrong, they were cold, they were tired, but they walked the five K. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was so many people like that's amazing. Yeah. Did you just have to drag them? And it's like no, they no, actually wanted to. Wanted that to would do be it. my fault. But like, how did you get them? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to? Like, nobody ever is forced to do anything in here. No, they all course. choose mm-hmm. to do it. You know, and it's them that have picked charities that are close to their hearts. It's either affected their families or mm-hmm. somebody they know. Um, you know, it's not about raising funds for them. It's about doing acts yeah. of kindness, like physical mm-hmm. acts where we go out and do something for them. Um, you know, we did. Mark took them to do bucket collections. Um, at the Scotland game, you know, so we helped a charity that isn't actually even on my list just yeah. because the guy got in contact, you know, and built up a relationship. We'll never say no. Don't get me wrong, it's been brilliant. We've had stuff gifted back, you know, we've got a piano donated up the stairs, you know, we've had toys, books, games. Mm. Some people have even did like money, football cards and things for yeah. us, which has been lovely. We've never ever asked for that. The main point of it was, A, we want to help other people, but B, we need to instill in our young people now that kindness is the only way forward and it's the only way we're going to solve mm. the world's problems. Something that the anonymity, I, I think it's something that the anonymity or the internet has really sort of taken away. Mm. It's that sort of like, seeing the reaction in people's faces when you say something to them, for instance. So if you call them a name or whatever and you see that you've heard, I remember, mm. I remember being like five or six, I think, or primary one or two, and said to a guy that ended up in a band with for tenure, called him a name, and he started greeting, and I, I was heartbroken. Uh, do you know what I mean? Because I'd hurt him, and that, that, was, that was basically it. And, and I think that social media really sort of robs people of that. Sort of, they don't get to see yeah. the impact that their words can have. I like the last if the little mix can be taking stick off for somebody who's sent her one tweet and threw the phone away and no went back to it for an hour. He's not mm-hmm. to think about the consequences on that young lassie with the action. Aye. Mm-hmm. One of the good things as well, I'd say the main thing of the 12 months tells us kindness is the fact that as the young people, you're taking ownership of it. And there's, there's a lot of demonisation towards young people. Mm-hmm. Um, there always has been. Yeah. I mean, people think, oh, there's, there's a group of young people actually doing other things. And they, mm-hmm. they don't do it to go, oh, look at us, we're helping others. It's like, Absolutely no, we want to help, we want to try and make a difference, whether it be in a local community, City Glasgow, hopefully the Holy Scotland at some point. Yeah. They're actually taking ownership and saying, no, we want to help because we, we, we want to help people. We want to see somebody smile. We want to make a difference for somebody. So that alone is to kind of allow them to empower themselves. Yep. Which is fantastic. And it, it's, it's, it's great to see. It's great when you actually see them and they're so enthused by it and they're driven by it. And it's like, yeah, we want to. I mean, really, you're only just, difference. you're just lighting the flame at that point and they're doing the rest, really, aren't they? Because if it's coming for them and it's driven by them and they love it, like all you're really doing is providing that platform for them to go and express themselves yeah, in their terms, isn't it? It's proper, that's proper development. You know, it's like, uh, it's that whole leading a horse to the water scenario, you know? Certainly, Bush. Facilitate safe spaces and the mm-hmm. environments for them to find that in themselves. Um, like Mark Shannon saying, that, I mean, that's youth activism. You know, it's young people saying, some issues here, mm-hmm. this needs sorted, you know, and it's like, well, so the heart speaks through the young people, you know, the mm-hmm. young people are up doing their stuff, and uh, young people vote with their feet if, it doesn't, if they don't like it, they don't, they're not there. Yeah. You know, and it's testament that youth work does work. Because mm-hmm. young people are coming, still through, coming, you know, just coming through. They're coming through the door and then the route being uh, activists in the mm-hmm. community and wider communities. So is that something you see, you see a lot? Of? Because that's one of the things we talked recently with um, the the ladies for sort of women against capitalism um, was that like we used to have a really, especially in Glasgow, really like politically engaged like 
almost sort of literate sort of population, uh, people who had opinions, who had notions. Like, do you find that when the kids maybe recommend a charity that down the line they actually do take that cause to heart and come back to you with, well, I, I read this or I seen this or I think we should be doing this or, you know, is it is it just about that act of kindness or do you find them going no. beyond that again? We usually try and get somebody from the charities to come in. Um, so last year with guide dogs um, for the blind so we actually sponsored a guide dog which was brilliant but we then had people from the charity come in um, so they came in and the two gentlemen um, that were sight impaired as well did some workshops to let the children explained you know what it was like to be living like that which the children then kind of took on board as well and were like god you know I'd never thought maybe about that and mm-hmm. you know try and make things a bit easier um, people from Sam H come in um, do workshops as well haven't Rosie we Project. Rosie Project to come in and um, did a lot of work as well people from Food Bank Rafe and <clears throat> so no it's not a case of like we just pick the charity and go we very much try and get the people in to then do some sessions workshops yeah. and everything with mm-hmm. them chat about it all and we then promote the work that they do you know mm-hmm. we'll go on our social media platforms and be like Absolutely. you know this is what this charity does it's amazing and friends you can do this and help and yeah. stuff like that mm-hmm. you know so it's kind of three way a lot of stuff things like this and what you're talking about really is just building a community into it it's yeah. like this is what I think that maybe if we go back to like the 90s into the 2000s is we stepped away from community and it, I mean I stayed I've said this before on the podcast I stayed in Shelton for five years and I never spoke to any of my neighbours ever I didn't know what to talk to them it was mm. like no I'm alright mate do you know what I mean and then it took for like basically a gang of Neds to be hanging about the close for his auto sort of go we need to do something here Mm -hmm. and it was that that's almost like a crisis point do you know what I mean but it could have been completely mitigated if we had all been sort of talking to each other and that's just like a sort of small example of like how community impacts each sort of individual and we've Stepped away, but we're we're speaking to loads of people that are trying to step straight back into it. I can actually see that the the benefit and strength that comes from community, like Mm -hmm. and maybe it's like a way out of some of the issues that we're seeing. Like certainly hope so. I mean, the to touch on the acts of kindness. I mean, that's something that like speaks to me now as an adult um, because. Uh, well, let's put it, I'm a bit cynical and I can sometimes be a bit negative. Um, it's just my default setting is always to be pure, eh? what? Um, but I think if I'd be a younger age, but somebody had actually had maybe taught me about, you know, a bit more kindness or being a bit more sort of people-centric, like, that's something that I knew as an adult I'm actively out there trying to, like, take on board and trying to learn. But, like, I feel like I'm at somewhat at a disadvantage because I'm a near 40-year-old man who's, like, how, how can I be more kind to people? Like, or how can I be more aware of, like, what's going on? It's not just about me. It's not just about my scenario. Like, being more aware of the people around about me. I think had there been services and people like yourselves more readily available at that point, you know, we would have been better off. You know what I mean? Like, because it sounds daft, but, like, I feel like kindness is quite hard skill to teach an adult. You know what I mean? Like, because you've became, you know, maybe a wee bit within yourself. You know, you're like, this is who I'm or this is just how I'm or we tell these lies to ourselves that kind of negate some of these changes that, you know, if you're a kid and somebody you trust and somebody you respect is gone, no, this is cool. It is quite It hard. makes a big difference, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? People also slag other people for maybe posting up, doing their acts of kindness, and they're like, oh, they're just in it for the likes and stuff as well. But I make a point of when we're posting kind of stuff up and saying as well, no, we're actually trying to inspire you. No, we're not in this for the likes. We're actually trying to say, well, look, we can do this. And it's worked because I have people from, like, friendship groups 
messaged me and saying like, um, you know, acts of kindness. I've seen your stuff. Do you know I actually go out and do an act of kindness every month in my hometown? And I'm like, right, not posting that. It's like inspire more people. And she's like, no, I just don't want anybody thinking. No, look at me and everything. Ach, that's just like, a British thing. Yeah, and I was like, no, I was like, ah, you're not praising yourself. You're trying to inspire other mm-hmm. people. You know, like we with Mark's football team you know, coming in and doing acts of kindness for, like, doing up our garden and stuff, yep. you know, decorating it and things like that. And that's their team doing wee small acts of kindness mm-hmm. for us and things as well. So we're promoting them and saying, oh, look, that's good. And then they're kind of, you know, going back yeah. and maybe doing stuff, you know. So it does all come mm-hmm. full circle. A great believer in that. My girlfriend hates me because... If she's ever like on Instagram, she doesn't hate me, obviously. Mm. She's on <laughs> She's on Instagram and she'll be like, Oh, look at so and so and I'll always be like, What does that say about you? That you're complaining about that? Like, think about it's about you, it's not about her. So if you're moaning about her, it's got nothing to do with the person at the other end of the phone. It's more about you. So think about what that tells you. So if anybody was looking at an act of kindness and going, they're just in it for the likes, it'd be like, right, well, Where's your act of kindness that you're not posting on social media? Like mm-hmm. you should still go and do it. Don't want to post it. Don't post don't it. That's it. up to you. Yeah, but, but don't moan about MDLs doing it. Aye, being ki- moaning about be people being kind. Aye, it's, a, it's, an it's an odd. It's an odd. It's an odd stance to take in an argument into. Like, I'm going to slag you for being kind, and you're like, well, but you see it all the time. I'm not, so I, I win. I, I, <laughs> I catch myself. I'll be like, oh, and then you'll be like, no, wait a minute, like. What they doing? They're not harming anybody. Yeah. They're actually out there, like you're saying, trying to inspire uh, other but, people. But it's, it has inspired other people, as I said. You know, and you know what? It's something we're proud of because we have had to overcome like negative perceptions of young people. The postcode here, you know, oh, we live yeah. in an area of deprivation and all that, blah blah blah. You know, we hear that constantly, and we're like, no, do you know what? They're actually amazing. Look at these mm-hmm. young folks. Yeah. They're out doing this, that, and the next thing letting people know what we do but you know apart from that we deliver like another 22 clubs and projects mm-hmm. every single week have you ever had that because i know that obviously like there's been other things that have happened in scotland that's almost like poverty porn where like the the mainstream media will come and they're expecting stories of like deprivation we like, did oh, actually look at, look at the yeah. poverty in area and the great work that we do and you're like mm, it's not really like that anymore like we everybody's did have a wee on... article on that somebody kind of and they, they did use kind of terms like that and i tried to contact them to get it down because that wasn't what we wanted, you know, they'd kind of mm-hmm. changed it. The person that wrote it is lovely and amazing, that wasn't what he'd wrote. Um, you know, it's an just, editorial. Yeah, so they just kind of changed it for a bit more dramatisation, you know, but then we'd parents phoning up and saying, you know, that doesn't reflect good on us and we're like, fully agree with you, it shouldn't have been said that. Yeah. But then we had the Evening Times did an amazing article on my birthday acts of kindness, yep. which is another project, and it was lovely. It was all positive, it was mm-hmm. all full of good yep. news. And, you know, it didn't once mention the fact of, oh, this is classed as an area in, you know, the S-I-N-D, such and such, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. You know, we don't want to be. No, absolutely that. not. There's another one as well. Last year, contacted us looking for a story and uh, they were looking for a pretty much sob story. And we said, well, they're not interested. No. Nicely giving you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd love for you to speak to, to someone. But use it as a power point, a story of positivity and inspiration, and rather than all oh, this, yeah. Jump in. And they were like, okay, well, we'll no bother. And they went, really? Yeah. That's we'll incredible. We've got plenty of that, but haven't we? We've yeah. got so much, so many sob stories, mm-hmm. and so much of that sort of like stories are people rising up, and it's not about that. I think yeah. like what you're doing here is something that's just purely positive, mm-hmm. and I don't think that I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been too happy if that was. Um, no, just because you happen to be situated in an area that is maybe poor in certain, you know, governmental services, like, you know, doesn't mean that 
it, people are in any way deprived. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's to completely misunderstand the area, the people, and its history. Because mm-hmm. I don't think anybody that comes from where we come from would ever, at any point, consider themselves a victim or worthy of, you know, pity or any such things. You know, we've always been about how do we fix it? How do we make our lives better? How do we do it together? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think this is a perfect example where you're teaching kindness and in those acts of kindness, you're teaching kids, like, you, you know, a humility as well. You know what I mean? Like, about, you know, going out there and actually being about other people and it's it's all coming for the example that you set and I don't, yeah, I kind of see why anybody would want to frame it in any other terms. Something that, like, I'm massive about is, like, routine. So, like, I meditate, like, twice a day and, like, I've seen I go to martial arts like four times a week and I go to the gym five times a week and I'm about like taking care of myself and so like this type of job I can imagine might be quite sort of mentally I mean obviously there's a lot of reward but use these day things to take care of yourself like what's do you get any sort of self care routines or is that something that you <coughs> should be doing Mary and like not really doing mechanisms you know mm-hmm. like getting uh, some People love getting up in the nature and, you know, kind of... But I've been close that team as well. Yeah, totally. And spending time with families and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, yeah, just having a, a laugh, like Sharon's saying, you know, it's a family thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think if you, if you, if you were to, you know, think about it too much about, you know, there is, you know, there's deprivation, there is deprivation over there. Mm-hmm. there. It exists in quite a lot of different places, you know. Not everybody's in there, but again, I think when we feel we focus on that solely or the time, then mm-hmm. we'll think about oh, how can we, what's, what's the positive change we yep. can make yep. here, mm-hmm. rather than you know thinking about oh no, look at that, yeah, what about this here? I mean, and that's the pen, you know, looking for the positives rather than looking at negatives. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, that's maybe one of the biggest issues that exist out there when people focus on. Oh look at that! They did this. Oh, there's other stuff that they done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. You know, let's we're focus on this positive stuff here we're because no, we're not taught how to think positively. Like, like I've, I don't think I've ever, I can ever remember anybody talking about like how to frame your thoughts or like how to really just focus on the positive things that are that are happening in your life. That's only been something that I've been doing for like the past two or three years. Uh, and it makes such a difference. Yeah, totally, self care. It's like. You know, I, I totally agree. You know, that part where, you know, when did it become a bad thing to make a mistake? You know, and it's like you talk about qualifications earlier mm-hmm. on. You know, people come in with life experience and that's what people can hand to others. You know, that's worth its weight in gold. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, you think about the situations where, you know, somebody's focusing on, ah, this. what about the learning that came out of that? What about the learning that comes out of that? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole different way of looking at things rather than thinking they've made a mistake, let's just uh, tell them for the yeah. rest of their lives. Cancelled. You know, mm-hmm. like, we're supposed to learn. We don't yep. develop. How, how else we're going to do it? We don't have any space for that button anymore, do we? Mm-hmm. Like, especially, again, in like, younger people, it's like all nothing. It almost seems like we, we can't make mistakes. Because if you make a mistake, it's like the worst thing that could ever happen is yeah, that you fail. <laughs> when you learn so much for failure, yeah. it's ridiculous. Mm, we like do that. a lot of work around that as well, though. You know, and that, Resilience. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as a team, kind of self-caring things as well, that we are, we do look out for each other. That mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. you know, we say it a million times, family, but there is ethos behind that. You know, we have regular team meetings, we do team building activities. You know, we will go out and socialise and stuff together. Um, I run the project the way... 
I've always kind of picked up from other people, good and bad, how not to do it, mm-hmm. how to do things. Like MD can come in at any time and say, you know, and if MD needs time off to go and do anything, then that's fine. Family comes first and stuff, right? I've got parents even if I can't work tonight, that's fine. Go and take that off. You know, I need to come in late, I've got the doctors, that's fine. Go and take that off because I know you'll give me it back tenfold. You know, we've introduced like staff perks and things, you know, we're trying to get kind of healthy and things. We're looking into actually getting people in um, at least I know to do some yoga. We've got some fruit and stuff. Everybody now gets a birthday off. Nice. You know, we now have an employee of the month. I write wee cards to them and stuff and thank them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have kind of chats where we do like, you know, we <coughs> parties and build each other up the same. Here's all your good points. Here's all the amazing stuff you've done. So, you know, we, we've got like 15 of us in the team. We are actually quite big, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we do make a conscious effort to praise constructive criticism, chat about everything, right? Let's finish this, sort it out, move on. You know, I am no means a perfect <laughs> manager or anything like that. Everybody's not the perfect member of staff, you know, we're all learning, but we do all learn. We do all take it together. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if any of us struggling at any point, we'll speak about it and be like, right, what can you do and go and get help? But I also think as people, because we do care and because we are youth workers and have been doing it, I think we are kind of stronger. You know, we have this extra bit in you that can push through it and yeah. be like, right, I can deal with that, you know, and stuff. I think would need to. Yeah, stuff we have worked to. with with young people and things as well. And, you know, with, we've maybe spoken to a friend about it, but never disclosed names or anything like that. Maybe said, I, you know, this has happened to this young person. And they're like, how do you, how can you sit and listen to that? How can you deal with that? Like, and I'm just like, because... It's about them. It's not yeah. about me. Mm-hmm. It's not about me taking their trauma away or anything like mm-hmm. that. You know, it's about them and them owning yeah. it and them getting the space. You know, I'm not going to sit and greet. <laughs> I'll maybe greet on the way home. Yeah. But that's it, you know, so we it's are. It's not what we need for you then. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're kind of, like, coming up on the hour, um, which is just Already? absolutely flown by. Um, you just did the classic thing where it's like, oh, no, an hour, that's too long, and then the hour I don't even know what it's been, I'm shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been brilliant. Um, I've really enjoyed it myself, but we're all obviously in your 30th year. Are there still events coming up? Is there um, anything that we can help you promote in, you know, the coming weeks? What's next for what's next for you guys and Royce and you? Well, we're still doing my birthday acts of kindness. Um, so we've got another... 14 days about delivering acts of kindness to people in our local community. Yep. Um, yes. Yeah. What are you laughing at? Um, no, one of the young people, um, or a young person that comes to the youth club is having a meltdown today because she's been unable. McDonald's no longer do but eats. Oh, so oh, that, was, that was yesterday. That is, yeah, well, that, that is legitimately heartbreaking, though. <laughs> like, that is, that is just. I'm going to have one the minute we sign off here, to be honest with you. Never mind anybody else. Oh. <laughs> Aye, so we're doing that, and then it's just full scale planning for Halloween and then Christmas. Christmas. We always make a big deal of Christmas. Christmas is the only time that we shut down for two full weeks mm-hmm. and see to be honest it's probably the hardest time of the year to shut down and be away from your young people but it's also the time that you know you do need to shut down physically sort of mm. mentally move away and yeah. have your own yeah. family time so especially we like full summer programmes and stuff like that you know what I mean so like, we make sure December's amazing and you know like we'll get people to sponsor trips and stuff so with the local network taxis sponsored like to take all the kids ice skating and stuff so for the full of December like the children and young people get trips they get Christmas film nights, they get Christmas quizzes, they get everything on Christmas Day. We go all out, I'm poor Christmas obsessed. And <laughs> if Elf in the Shelves and absolutely everything because we want December to be lovely for them. Aye. Because mm-hmm. December might not always be lovely for them at home. Mm-hmm. Of course. So uh, we go all out, we get them 
presents and selection boxes and everything. So mm-hmm. if anybody would like to sponsor any Christmas trips, yep. give me a wee holler. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Where can people find you if they were going to try and get in touch? On our Twitter page, on our Instagram page, on our Facebook page, or they're more than welcome to come into the youthy. Awesome. I'm calling the office on 014 <laughs> 724 0984. There you go. Right. I like we'll link everything. Yeah, we'll link everything in the episode and stuff. But yeah. listen, thanks very much. Thanks for having us along speaking to the, the, the guys that are on because yep. it's, these are the types of things that me and Matt, like when we first started doing the podcast, we'd never envisioned that no. we'd ever be invited to speak to people about yeah. what we're doing. And I suppose it gives us a wee buzz. And it does. I really thought this today. As well about what you're doing. Like, I think you're doing incredible work. And I get nothing but admiration for what you're doing. So Absolutely. thanks very much. And, and I've said already, you. like, I love what he's doing. And I would say anybody listening or watching down the line, like, find some way to support either these guys or whoever, you know, the equivalent in your local areas, please. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah,